Well, good morning. How you guys doing? If you're, you're going to be baptized this morning, if you're going to be dunked at what we call our dunked party here at Connection, I want, you to, I want you to really quickly, I want you to take a glance, okay? I want you to look all over this room, okay? If you're, if you're being baptized, I just want you to look all over this room. These people are not here to be critical of you. These people are here to celebrate with you, and today is a great day. I'm sorry, you guys must not be awake. I said today was a great day. <laughs> because here's the deal. I, I get... Uh, I get a little bit worked up, and if you're listening, if you're listening online, um, I'll, give you, I'll give you a visual, whether you want it or not. I do have swimming trunks on. I don't have shoes on. And as of last Sunday, let me show you how good God is. Last Sunday, I was talking with some people over the last couple of weeks about being baptized. They've been, they've been saved, and, and we were, we we're going to baptize three or four, okay? I leave church. We go to First Step at Jeff and Debbie's. We have, that's, where our, that's our membership class on how you join our church. And I get a phone call, a, a few messages back and forth, and I said, it'd be easier if you just called me. So she called me, and she had some questions, and Jeff and Debbie Staley live out in, in the country, and I wasn't sure about the signal, and we were talking about some pretty important eternal stuff, and I stopped right outside of their driveway on the middle of the road. And one of the girls, one of the ladies that we're going to be baptizing today said, Matt, I feel like whenever I was a younger kid, that I went forward, I, was, I went forward because my friends did, I said a prayer and I got wet, I understand now that I have sin in my life and I want to get saved. So on a, on a, on a paved country road, before I turned into their driveway, before we were going to have people join our church at First Step, I got to lead another one to Christ, and this morning we're not baptizing three or four, this morning we're baptizing ten. And and God is, God is most certainly good. We're going to meet, if you have a, if you, were, if you were greeted this morning by someone and you walked in the door, they could have possibly given you a worship handout. We're going to have a couple blanks. Um, I do want to say a special welcome. Most of the time they're not in here. Uh, if, you're a, if you are a regular attender of Kids Rock, our kindergarten through fifth grade, will you raise your hand? If, you, if you're not normally in church, will you guys, you young dudes, raise your hand. It is great to have you in church with us. It is. Now, we we're going to touch on this. Last week we talked about where do we go from here. This morning we're going to continue that. But where do we go from here last week consisted of Jesus being having his predecessor, John the Baptist, who was talking and baptizing people in the river. And we're going to be in Matthew chapter 3 in a little bit if you want to get there in your Bible or on your phone or tablet or whatever cool device we've come out with yet, I guess. Um, maybe your watch. Uh, but we, we see that John the Baptist is, is talking to these people and he, he says some words in chapter 3 that were um, very interesting to me because he said, the person that comes after me, talking about Jesus, the Messiah, he's gonna say, he says, the person that comes after me, I'm not worthy to be a slave, and I'm also not wor- worthy enough to carry his sandals. I want you to understand, whether you're listening online, you've never been in church before, I don't care if you lost all your money at a casino last night, I'm glad that you're here because this morning at our church, we look at God's word as the inerrant breath of him, and it can change your life. Because if you knew what I've battled and struggled with in my life, and this morning you have those thoughts going, man, I could not step in that church. If you knew me, you wouldn't have a problem sitting down. That's how much God can change your life. We could have story upon story of what God does. But John the Baptist got ready to change the course of history when he introduces the Messiah. 
when he introduces the, the guy that would be such a revolutionary that the Pharisees and the Sadducees and the religious leaders would hate him and eventually plot his own death. We're going to see many people baptized this morning. I hope that this morning, I want, you, I want you to look something internally. Now, some of us can't do this, and that's why I'm glad that you're here. But some of us, I want you, if you're a follower of Jesus, or you're a Christian person, whatever, you, whatever you, terminology, you have a relationship with Jesus, okay? All right? If you have a relationship with Jesus, this is what I want you to remember. I want you to think back to that day when you got saved. I'm undone by the mercy, by the power of Jesus. He saved, he saved a young man that grew up and went down a whole bunch of roads that he shouldn't have, and he never quit pursuing me. He never quit chasing me. He was right there, always, for me to come home. And I want you to think about the excitement that you had. I can tell you that I prayed and asked Jesus Christ to come into my life, and if you're a connection person, you understand that I, I like numbers for some odd reason. Uh, August 13th, 1987. And some of you are like, I wasn't even thought of in 1987. That's okay. And some of you are like, 1987? Man, Matt's young. Yeah. Maybe I'm in the middle. I don't know. But I remember I played a game with my sister. Still one of the only, it's still one of the only competitions that my sister has ever beaten me in. It's still, but I'm thankful she did that day because I, I, understood, um, I understood the effect of the sin that I had in my life. And I ran upstairs and me and my sister got along about as well as you and your family did. And we fought all the time. And I know that nobody in here does that. But we fought all the time, and I came crying and running upstairs, and the first thing that my mom did was, say, was yell Jennifer. She thought we were in a fight about something. I said, no, it's not her fault this time, and that took my mom by shock. And I said, I, said, I, need, I need Jesus in my life right now. I need him right now. And I prayed, and I was baptized on the 16th. And I want, you to, I want you to remember that excitement, because I'm telling you right now, I'm not big on emotion, but I understood exactly what happened that day. When Jesus came into me, when the Holy Spirit resided in me, the very first person I called was my dad at work. And then I called my grandpa. And I thought both of them were going to come through the phone with excitement. I want you to remember that. I want you to remember what it was like when you got baptized and you celebrate with these people this morning. We are going to be in Matthew 3, but check out your worship handout. If you flip the first page, you'll see some blanks. If you don't have one, raise your hand. One of the connection people can go out and get you one. But the first blank says this. Look at, look at the screen with me. Today's the day to celebrate. You know, what, you know what I find? You know what I find? When I, when I go out and I talk with people that don't attend church, you know what one of the things they say to me is? Christian people don't have any fun. Really? What, what about if I told you that there was chicken wings out there? Now you're responding like, keep it short, Matt. We got chicken wings to eat, okay? I promise I'll go last. They'll be gone. Enjoy. Eat all you want, okay? I think there's some like 300 or 350 of them. I praise the Lord for wings of chickens. They're so good. It is a day to celebrate. We're going to have food. We're going to have fellowship. If you don't know someone here, you go and talk to them. If you're a connection person, you make people feel welcome. You hang out. You help us put the chairs back there. We had people even park in the back to allow you guys to park up front. I'm so blessed to be here today. This morning, I invite you to, to remember those times in your life to celebrate. Look at the second blank if you want to fill that in with me. Look at the second blank in there. The people being baptized, baptized, they are following the example that Jesus gave us. And we're going to look in Scripture, and some of you kind of, maybe, maybe you're confused about, well, why was Jesus baptized? I thought Jesus was perfect. He is. He was. Still is. 
He didn't sin, so he didn't need to get saved. Can you, can you imagine the thought process of Jesus trying to ask himself into his heart? Okay, it doesn't make sense. Okay, so, so he came as the perfect gift for us to die on a cross so that we might be saved. But when he came to John the Baptist in the river, he was beginning his public ministry around the age of 30. Okay, there were people that didn't like him. There were people that, that were following John and the religious leaders didn't like them. By the way, in some of my studying this week, I came across a passage, and, and probably some in a group this large, somebody needs to hear this. The word joy is given in the New Testament, okay? Jesus says that we can have joy, and you can have joy unspeakable and different things like this. But one of the words that we Americanized Christian people want to get so spoiled and use is, God wants me to be happy, and that couldn't be any further from the truth. God wants you to have joy in him, but happiness is not there. Okay, that word, that word is not there. We can have joy, happiness, and you think, well, I, I disagree. I want you to go read the book of Job. When, when Satan asked God permission to basically to mess with Job and took everything from him, and his wife, I journaled about this in my discipleship group this week, his wife comes to him and goes, hey, you don't have anything left, will you just curse God so you can die? And Job responds, and this is kind of my paraphrase, I, don't, I didn't have it memorized, but Job says, should we not only expect just good things to come from God and not bad? Job was tested and he passed the test. See, we, we go through today, in today's world, and, and, and it's hard, it's difficult, there's things. I want you to concentrate this morning on absolutely nothing else except how good God has been to you. You. Not me, you, I, you can't have my stories and I can't have your stories. Things that, like relationships that have been mended, that was God. It wasn't you, it was God. The, the food that you ate this morning for breakfast, whether it be Pop-Tarts or the generic variety that I won't repeat, okay, that we call them. Uh, my sister and I will, because there's going to be too many people asking questions. My dad was a grocery store guy, I'm, and people from Connection, we are going to get, this is an abbreviated sermon, I promise, okay. So, my sister and I, my, my, my parents chose not to buy name brand stuff, okay? We got Pop-Tarts and we went to my grandma and grandpa's house because that's what grandparents do. So, so we, we would go there, but at home we would get the generic IGA brand, buy right, something like that. And there's not enough filling, there's not enough icing, the icing does not go all the way to the edge, it does not happen, and they do, if you agree with me, will you just raise your hand? The generic ones do not taste like real ones. My people. Yes. Yes. So my sister and I referred to the generic one as poop toots. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, they weren't the real thing. Okay. But watch. We're, we're, we're going to baptize people today that inside of their lives is the one and only living true God. He's real. There is no generic of Jesus. Oh, you can play games. You can, you can say this and say that, but I'm telling you right now, I've, I've personally talked with the people that are going to be in this baptistry about what's happened on the inside of them, and you should hear. You're going to hear some of the most unbelievable life changes that you've ever heard, all because God is exactly who he says that he is. Look at Matthew through verse three or verse 13 in chapter 3. It says, then Je Jesus went to Galilee, uh, from Galilee to the Jordan River to be baptized by John. Okay, well, okay. Jesus is walking. Okay, yeah, but this is a real place in a real river by a real dude. 
People want to, they want to discredit the Bible because if they can discredit the Bible, they don't have to believe it. And if they don't have to believe it, it doesn't have to change their life and they don't have to, they don't have to, they don't have to do anything. If you're an analytical thinker and you're very, very intelligent, like um, uh, just very like book smart, I want you, I want you to take, I want you to listen to this. Blaise Pascal was a very, very famous mathematician. He was very, very smart. He was very intelligent, but he made this wager. He said, if I believe in God and I die and there is no God, I've lost absolutely nothing. Repeat that. If I live my life as if there is a God and I die and there is no God, I've lost absolutely nothing. But if I live my life like there is no God and I die and I find out that there is a God, I've lost everything. Folks, there are too many people in this room. There are too many people in this world that you work with or wherever you are or wherever you go to church. There's too many people that can give complete and total glory to God of what he's done in their life for him to be fake. He's not fake. We don't, we don't come to church and drink coffee and have popcorn and teach kids about, we don't, we don't teach kids about a fake God. I can share with you how he's been so real to me. So this, this real Jesus, the real incarnate God-man that Daniel talks about 700 years before he comes to earth, he calls him the son of man. He calls him that. So Jesus had been talking, uh, or, or John had been talking of a man that would come after him that he, that he couldn't be a slave to. He wasn't worthy, and he wasn't worthy enough to carry his sandals, and Jesus comes. You imagine being John, no pressure. You're in the middle of the river. You're baptizing people. John knows Jesus very well, and all of a sudden, Jesus isn't just standing on the bank. Jesus starts walking into the water, and he's walking right at you. Well, what's he want? Maybe he's going to baptize me. Okay, but look at the next verse. John tried to talk him out of it. Jesus said, I need to be baptized. I'm the one who needs to be baptized by you, John said. He said, so why are you coming to me? Can you imagine how unqualified John felt when the Son of God came into the water? I don't think that we've ever felt that unqualified. And John pleads with him. He said, I'm the one that needs to be baptized by you. This immediately shows that he knows exactly who Jesus is. So why are you coming to me? He did it to to fulfill God's mission. He did it as an example. So this morning you're going to see people following that example. Jesus lived the perfect life to be that example to us. Jesus was being obedient We have a hard time with that word. It's not just following rules. It's being obedient to what God says. My eight-year-old daughter wrote on a red red piece of basically construction paper, and she handed it to me one day. And I still have it in my discipleship group journal. And I was blown away. I mean, kids say the most unbelievable things at the most unbelievable time. She's eight years old. She comes out to me, and she goes, I need you to read this. You know how eight-year-olds do, I need you to read this. I took it, and I was talking with her earlier in the day about doing what God tells us to do. And she says, if you don't, or if you listen, if you listen to God and don't do what he says, you get in trouble. Now, there is some theological discussion about that thing, but... Listen to God, and if you don't do what God says, you get in trouble. There, there, there are blessings that we miss out on all the time. We, we seek to be comfortable. We seek not to step out. So Jesus comes to John, and he says, I need you to baptize me. 
Look at verse 15 and 16 on the screen or in your Bible. It says this. But Jesus said it should be done, for we must carry out all that God requires. Jesus didn't leave a stone unturned, people. He did everything that he needed to do to show us who to follow, why to follow, and why we need to. So John agreed to baptize him. What does that say about John? John was tested right here. He passes the test. So John agrees to baptize him because Jesus told him, I have to be baptized so it will bring God glory. So we can show people what needs to be done. In verse 16, after his baptism, you imagine being, you know, there are people at my baptism, there are people at your baptism, you're here for these people's baptism. Can you imagine being at the baptism of Jesus? Oh, yeah. I mean, some people literally stood on the muddy bank of that river and go, well, it's just a guy getting baptized. Okay. Look what happens. After his baptism, as Jesus came up out of the water, the heavens were open and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and settling on him. In Scripture, this is a visual picture of the Trinity at one time. The sun coming up out of the water, the next verse, God will speak, and the Spirit, the Holy Spirit descends on Jesus. As he comes out of the water, hmm. John was being followed by quite a few people, and he had a pretty big following. At this instant, hey, that's this is what God said. This is this is my dearly loved son who brings me great joy. So you, you see the voice, you see the spirit descending, and you see the son, the God man, the 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 the, the man that gave his life. We talk about that all the time. There, there, there is scripture that, that, that puts up with this or that, that defines this because it says that at any moment on the cross, Jesus could have called legions. That means many. That means multiple. That means we don't understand that number of angels to come down and take him off and completely decimate this entire world. But he gave up his life. The Romans didn't kill him. He gave up willingly his life for you and me. And he didn't, by the way, look into the future and look to me and you on our good days and say, I'm going to die for Matt on that day, but that day I'm not. He said, I'm going to look at the worst day and I'm going to die for it all. And he gave his life so that we could be saved. He's proclaiming, so John has a status thing, but his status goes away, and now he says, Jesus, you follow, everybody follow him. Now, what, what does this do? In a very short amount of time, John the Baptist gets arrested, and he gets beheaded. End of John the Baptist. Like, we, we think, well, that kind of, hmm. He did his job. He did his job. At the end of your life, at the end of my life, it is, it is my prayer for me and my prayer for you that we, we can come to the end of our life and we can go into heaven. And a buddy of mine has this really good picture. He says, if we're a car when we come into heaven, he goes, I think I'm going to look like, a, like a, a, a 1994 Ford Escort that's been in a demolition derby. I have three flat tires. The other one's not looking good. I got all the rims bent. I'm out of fluid. I'm out of gas. And I come in on that one good wheel. When I get to heaven, if I, when we, we finish, you have to finish well. And some of us understand that. We have to finish well. But I wonder this morning if you've ever, if you've ever trusted in Jesus Christ as your personal Savior. I wonder if there's in a time in your life where you can say, as I've talked with these people this morning and, and earlier this week and last week, has, tell me about when you got saved. You hear some of the most precious, from these kids, you hear some of the most precious words that you've ever heard. I knew that I had sin in my life. I couldn't go to sleep. I went and I talked with mom. I told her what was going on. I knew that I had sin in my life and I asked Jesus to come in to my life. 
Or, man, I've lived some life. I've tried, to, I've tried to answer things with all kinds of stuff. I've been addicted to all kinds of stuff. But let me tell you that in my darkest place, I found God. And I asked him to save me. And he didn't remove me right then from that space that I was in. But he saved my eternal soul. Wow. Sometimes, sometimes it takes us to choose and choose and choose and get to the very, very bottom before we look up. Should be our first one. But sometimes we get down here. I wonder today, then I want to give you an invitation. The band's going to come up and they're going to, they're going to play. And at, whenever, whenever, I, whenever I'm done with this, the people that are going to get baptized are going to come over here to this, this room. You guys are going to sing a song. Uh, it's a wonderfully well-written, lyrical song. But I wonder today, if you don't have a relationship with Jesus, or you say, man, I, 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 have, been, I have been saved. I have been saved, but I've never been baptized and you thought, man, this is a pretty cool, this is a pretty cool thing to be, to be baptized, but I didn't bring clothes. <laughs> we have some. <laughs> we do, really. It's called spontaneous baptism, and we have swimming trunks. And some of you are going to go, well, I'm too, I'm too small. You probably don't have that small. Mm-hmm. We have them all the way down to children. And you say, well, maybe I put on a couple pounds. I think we have them to four or five X. You're good. No excuses, right? So if, if there's something that goes through your head and you say, you know what, man, I've, I, I have trusted in Christ as my Savior. I'm a Christian, but I've never been baptized. And you would like to. You can go back and talk with Christina in the back. She's got her hand up. She can go get you some clothes. And we're baptizing 10. We've got time, okay? We've got time. But also with that, we're going to be over here. And I'm going to be over here in this room. And right now, if you, if, you, if you don't understand what this whole process of asking Jesus to come into your life is, I promise you, the people that are in this room would gladly welcome you to come in and we can talk. And I want to show you who Jesus is and show you how big he is and what he's done in my life and what he wants to do with you. Let's pray. The people that are going to be baptized can go ahead and start making that way. God, we love you. We are so thankful for your great power. We're thankful, God, that you raised your son on the third day and you conquered death and if you can conquer death, you can conquer anything in our life. There are people in this room currently right now that have battled addiction, they've battled loss, they've, been, they've battled broken relationships, they've had all kinds of different things happen in their life, God, and you are bigger than it all. And we thank you, God, for the, the words that Jesus says In John 14, 6, Jesus said, I am the way, I am the truth, and I am the life. Nobody comes to the Father except through me. God, just let these words resonate with these people. And if the person doesn't come right now, God, I pray that during, while we're waiting in line for lunch, they come up and say, hey, can I talk to you about something that you said today? God, I will stay here until midnight tonight. God, I thank you for what you're doing at this church, God, how, how you're moving, what you're doing. God, we don't understand. We just want to hold on to that rope and you show us where to go and we'll trust you. God, we love you. I pray that these people in this room just raise their voices to you, God, and we're so thankful for the, for the words that Jesus said. They're the words that were written in red. In your name we pray, amen.